0: Welcome back to the Armor of Light podcast. My name is Brady, joined as always by James and Jared. And today we have a special guest, Christy. Today we're going to be talking about genuine femininity, womanhood, what it is, what are some misconceptions about it, and how can we grow to complement one another, um, each of the sexes towards each other. So welcome, Christy. It's good to have you. Would you like to define what traditional femininity is?
1: Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. All right. Well, traditional femininity, I think that is a big topic, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions, but I think traditional femininity is, I think, from a Catholic perspective, we look to Mary, right, of, like, Mary is the embodiment of femininity. Um, I was talking to girls in my discipleship, and I was like, "What what is Mary always wearing? It's like she's pretty much always covered. Like, there's nothing distinctly feminine about her looks other than her face that you can see. So I think maybe when we think about femininity, we think of a certain body type. But obviously that's not the case because femininity is so much more. Um, So I think femininity is just, like, truly finding out what it is to be what makes a woman who they are. Which is kind of a uh, it's kind of a circular definition there. But um, I think femininity can be very unique to each woman, but I think at the core of femininity, there is just a strong capacity to love um, and to want to receive love. After all, like woman is literally meant to receive. When Adam and Eve were first created, um, God literally made Eve out of Adam. She was meant to receive the love of Adam. Um, and men are meant to give the love, um, and it's just like this beautiful interchange that men and women have. And so, um, yeah, you care to jump in on that, guys? Uh, what What do you when you think of womanhood? What do you think?
2: Great answer. I think that was a good episode. Wrap <laughs> <it up and laughs> out. Outtake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great definition. I really like the part that femininity is that which is ordered towards receiving. So like you're talking about Mary, Mary completely received the Lord in herself um, and the Lord's like call for her life um, when she submitted herself to the will of God to remain a virgin, to deliver Jesus, to be the mother of God. That was a complete reception of God's will. And I think it's very beautiful that that which is to receive um, is feminine. And then with the with the clothing thing, um, we ve- we veil and cover what is most beautiful, um, and women are probably top tier <laughs> creation of God. So we 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 appreciate the unique beauty of femininity and of women, and so it's natural to veil that out of respect. Like Mary veiled herself, just as we veiled the tabernacle. Um, or the ark of the covenant those were things of great glory and beauty so we veil them and cover them because of how beautiful they are and i think you had to be worthy to be able to
2: enter in and and remove the veil i think that's one of the big things that comes with marriage and similar to how in you know judean times they had the ark and only priests could go and enter into the The veiled area so yeah i think that it's it it shows when when women are wearing those wearing a a veil it's not to show how pious they are i mean hopefully (laughs) (laughs) hopefully (laughs) it's not because they're trying to show everyone up it's because they honestly see themselves as that that thing of glory of i mean the most beautiful creation Mm -hmm. you know god made men and you know? And then he made woman. And then, right and, and then, and then Adam was like, yeah, you did good. <laughs>
1: well, funny story about that, guys. So I was reading a book recently, um, by a wonderful priest, um, who has dyslexia and God was like, you need to write this book. And he was like, I can't write a book. I have dyslexia. Um, so he wrote this book in like two weeks. Cause he just like threw it all down and it was definitely a grace of God. So he talks about creation story um, from like the beginning when God separated light and day otherwise known as the good angels versus the bad angels and then slowly but surely he like when he made the earth he slowly got more and more detailed and more and more perfect as he started creating things um, like starting with you know just the earth and then we got animals and then we got to lovely men <laughs> you guys were you were at a tipping point for a while and then God was like mmm isn't, we're not quite done yet so then he made it woman and it's not because women are higher or better than men in fact we're made out of a rib of adam because we are equal we're at right where his heart is um but because like we are most like god not in the sense that we are godlike but because like we have the capacity to create life within us which is like so cool and i'm sorry you guys can't re- like experience that because that's amazing um father kyle Sorry. <laughs> Our priest always says how much he um was jealous of women because he would love to create life within him. So, that is to say that like that capacity that we have to create life and to love so much more deeply and profoundly is a very um is even more to be like God. Not to say that you lovely men cannot love like God can because obviously you can, but I think women have an even deeper capacity to love because they do create something within them. Um, Which I think is another really cool aspect of femininity. And I think sometimes, especially in modern culture, we view, like I said earlier, we view, we equivalent femininity with, like, looks or a body type or what they're wearing. Um, And when really, like, what we're talking about with Mary, like, it's, she obviously is a beautiful woman, and it's not because of what she's wearing or, yeah, what she looks like, but because of, like, her her essence, and ultimately to be, I think, to be authentic woman, I think to live authentically as a woman, it is to love God with your whole being. And same with men, to be an authentic men is to love God with your whole being. Um, but I think to to dive into femininity, you have to first accept the fact that there is a difference between men and women. And I think maybe in this culture, we don't want to admit that. We don't want to admit that there is a difference. Um, we want to think that men can do or more specifically, we want to think that women can do anything men can do. And men, you're kind of just shoved to the side a little bit. And um, I think we really see the wounds of that right now in our culture. Um, actually, I was going to bring my Bible, and I didn't. But <laughs> it's okay. Um, actually, so really cool misconception um, in Genesis' story. After, so after Adam and Eve fall, sadly... Um, at Eve tells or God tells Eve like her punishment so you know pain and labor all that jazz but at the end he says something very unique and I think a lot of people don't understand what this means but he says your your desire will be for your husband and yet he will lord it over you or he will um, what is the right word yeah basically he will be lording over you um, and so I think Oh, sweet. An actual Bible. (laughs) We're going to just take a quick pause. Also, if you guys want to jump in if I'm talking too much.
3: No, I think everything you've said so far, I can't add to it. So (laughs) keep going. Okay,
1: hold on. Okay, the actual words are, Yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. I think the common misconception is that we see this as like, okay, well, men are just horrible and mean and want to um, be the dictator of the house or whatever. But really what God was saying to Eve in this situation was not that she was going to have a passionate or romantic desire for her husband, but the desire was actually to be like her husband, to take the role of the man. And so coincidence, I think not that that's exactly what we're seeing in culture right now is that like we have women trying to be like men, actually literally trying to be, become like men, Um, not just even like take the roles of men. Um, And so we can see that that was a consequence of our sin is to try to take the roles of each other. Um, But obviously that's not what we're made for. Um, We're made for a right ordered relationship um, between the two of us, which is so beautiful. I'm so glad that I have a unique role and that men have a unique role and we get to compliment each other in that.
2: Tell us more about like, what you define that role as, and how it isn't demeaning, but mm-hmm. it's it's actually prom- uh I can't think of the word right now, but like
1: it's empowering. I think mean, yeah, that that it, word it really is, is overused right now in our feminine language and our. Um, Feminism culture, maybe,
2: is the right word. It's Mm -hmm. truly empowering. It is truly
1: empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, again, to look at men and women's roles, we have to continue to look at um, Adam and Eve. And I think God wrote out in Adam and Eve what men and women's roles are. Um, We'll go a little bit earlier in Genesis um, to when the Lord made Eve. So the Lord said, um, The Lord caused Adam a deep sleep to fall upon him, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs, closed up its place with flesh, and the rib that the Lord had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one should be called woman. Therefore a man leaves his father and clings to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So guys, this is like so cool. So like I think think a lot of people have heard this before. Um, of like, okay, well, he didn't take he didn't take some of Adam's head so the woman would rule over Adam or some of his feet so that Adam would rule over the, um, Eve, but he took out of his ribs so they would be equal. I think that one we, we know, we understand that one. But a really cool thing is God specifically chose the rib because the rib is what protects the most important organs, our lungs and our heart, which are also associated with life and love. I'm getting this from the book. I can take no credit of this. (laughs) This is all from um, the book that I'm reading, which is a wonderful book. It's called God's Plan for Your Marriage. Highly recommended. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so he takes Adam's rib to show literally what Adam's role is towards his wife. His job is to protect her, to, like, love her, and to protect her capacity to love. Like, as I said earlier, like, women have this intense capacity to love, but... Because of that, I think women have a tendency to love too deeply and don't love um, can love maybe the wrong person, a person who's not going to protect them. But when a man takes that role to protect her, to protect her love, then she's able to love more freely and fully. And therefore she is able to love that man. and that man then receives that love and is therefore able to love more. Because I don't know about you guys, but have you ever been in a conversation with a guy and you're talking about feelings and you're like, "Uh, yeah, I went on this date. It was pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. But then you talk to a girl and you're like, okay, let me tell you all the details. And the girl is like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. You know? You guys know how this happened, right? I know Brady and I have this (laughs) happened. So I think there is just like women, we, we love love (laughs) and it's, it's beautiful. And that is not a demeaning thing. I think maybe we look upon this fact that, oh, a man has to protect us in order to be a woman is a demeaning thing. But like, no, it's beautiful. Like I think if any woman put themselves in a situation, I'm sure a lot of women have where they've been broken, where they've given their hearts to someone who have left them broken and wounded. Like that sucks. No one wants to be, no one wants to be vulnerable with someone who is only gonna hurt them, but when you give yourself to someone who who isn't who's that man who's willing to be like, no, I want to protect this person. I want to give them all. I want to take care of them. Like that feels great. That's empowering for me. I always tell people that. Like people always say that, oh a guy opens the door for you, they're like looking down on you. It's demeaning. And I'm like, if a guy opens the door for me, I'm like, damn right! You should open that door for me. <laughs> thank you! <laughs> and I think, I think every girl knows it feels good to have a guy open the door for them. I know people, my friends always joke that if a guy opens the door for them, they're like, oh, my future husband. <laughs> because it feels good. Your heart is like, yes, thank you. So guys, keep opening doors for people. Keep doing little things. And and I think every woman knows whether they want to admit it or not, that that is empowering versus like when that guy is just standing there waiting for you to open the door, it kind of sucks. It's like, hey, like I, like you're not going to open that for me, especially on a first date. If the guy is not opening the door for you, don't go on a second date. That's all I'm saying, I could, this, I could take this in a dating advice podcast, but I will not. <laughs> but anyway, I think it shows that that is a beautiful thing and a beautiful desire and – Frankly, it's what's written in our hearts. And I think if we don't want to accept that, it's out of a place of pride. And I know that because I know I struggle with pride. when my I'm engaged, and when my fiance and I first started dating, I did not let him open the door open for me. I didn't let him do anything for me. I was like, I'm a strong, independent woman, I got this. Um, and it kind of hurt our relationship because Tyler, my fiance, really wanted to like take care of me. He wanted to do these things for me. So when I didn't let him, it like, made him feel bad and frankly, I wasn't getting receiving anything from that because I was I was doing all the work. I wanted to pay for, like, our first date, you know? <laughs> I grew a lot in the last <laughs> few years. But, yeah, so I think our it is written on our hearts. And to deny that, like, we're, when I was with Tyler, that was my own pride of thinking that, oh, I don't need this man to take care of me. And maybe that might be true. We might not need someone to protect us. But, frankly... I think in order to be the best versions of ourselves, we do. I think we all do. That's why we need Jesus, because we can't be the best versions of ourselves without Jesus, without someone to take care of us, to watch over us, to love us. And that's true with earthly people as well.
3: Yeah, that's that's been great. Um, I really liked how you talked how women love very deeply, because last week we talked about how men... We also love very deeply, but we express it in a completely different manner. It always seems to be like actions. We always want to do something. We want to serve the woman that we love or the person that we love. So how do you think a woman expresses love um, in that deep, full way, as opposed to a man, we always say, is serving, doing actions? Mm -hmm. How does a woman uh, express that love?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think we women love to take care of someone in a different way. I think we like to be very hospitable. I know for me, at least, um, my love to language is like giving gifts or like making something for Tyler or, um, yeah, if he had a long day, like cooking him dinner. And I know maybe we were thinking, oh, she's going to be a housewife. Like, oh, she's going to be one of those stay home moms. I'm like, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> 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 um, and that's like – that is – I'm not not saying every woman needs to be a stay-at-home mom. I think that is a woman's choice. If they really want to work, then work. But if you want to stay home with your kids and just spend time with your kids, please, because I think that is the best job you can ever have. Anyway, that's a little side tangent. Back to the the way we show love. I think we, as women, we really just – yeah, we just love to be givers of just – We want to make the other person feel as good as possible, I think. Um, I think we like to do it in simple, small ways. Um, But we also like women. little tidbit for you guys. Women love words of affirmation, so therefore they're going to give you words of affirmation because that's how they show love. And so I think just different ways um, of just little ways like that. Being vulnerable is a sign of love too. Like if we're if we want to show our hearts or to you, if we want to be vulnerable with you, that's us way of loving you. Um. Yeah, I think also the I think the greatest capacity to love is to receive. Uh, I think that's especially what our hearts are made for. So like when I'm letting Tyler hold the door open for me, or I'm letting him do something for me, that's me showing love to him. I'm allowing him, even if I can do that, and even if I don't want him to do something for me. There's a lot of times where he's like, just let me take care of you. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's like, that's, as weird as it sounds, like not doing anything can honestly be the greatest form of love, especially because, like we said earlier, like men's role is to take care of, to provide. So when we're allowing you guys to do that, that's allowing you guys to be the best version of yourselves, and us allowing to receive that is also allowing us to be the best version of ourselves. Um, and like Brady said earlier, like, That's what Mary did. She received the love of Christ. Like Mary, we don't see a lot of her in the Gospels or anything. You know, she kind of, we don't know what happened to her. She's probably kind of just in the background. She's just receiving that love. And she, we always see in Luke's Gospel, like she pondered it in her heart. And I think a lot of what Mary does is very humble. It's very quiet, but very powerful. I like to think she's probably just in constant prayer because, I mean, frankly, her son was God. So, probably was in constant prayer, but um, just those little things i think i know in my like seeing my own parents i always say my mom is like the spiritual warrior because she prays like five rosaries a day she'll correct me if she listens to this she'll be like i only pray like three or four i'm like okay most people pray one at best (laughs) and seeing how much she prays for my dad and then seeing how my dad he just loves scripture and he loves to teach it to me whenever i go home he's like i like he's the one who taught me about this in genesis Shout out to my dad. Because um, he just loves to soak it all in and teach as very active. When well, my mom is a little more on the sidelines, um, which is still very active, but it's a more in a very loving, quiet, passive way. Um, which I think a lot of people might take offense to. Of like, oh, well, men are active and women are passive, which is definitely not true. And it, every woman is different. But I think the tendency in our hearts is to receive and to... Love so love others maybe a little more quietly, a little less showy, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know what else to say on that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really like the um, sentiment of women maybe sacrificing their own pride to give the man the opportunity to serve them, give them the opportunity to love them in return. And I think there's nothing more there's nothing more we'll use this word again empowering truly empowering for a man to recognize and witness that oh this this woman is giving herself to me i need to like like the a good man will see that and just be like terrified of and like correct try to correct everything about himself you know because he wants to do such a good job for her he wants to serve her to the best of his ability so it, it is empowering it's it's somewhat frightening almost you know um, but yeah there's nothing more inspiring than than a woman giving herself to a man and him having the opportunity to serve her
2: yeah and I think you spoke about how and the re- the reception of that love being able to receive is very something it's very lost in our our culture today Um, I mean you just you see how you know a a lot of times like you you can just like picture people just like saying no to receiving until like they're red in the ears and just like beaten down Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that they can receive I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. they don't realize that they've been told that in order to be a powerful woman, you have to act like a man. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize the dignity that comes with acting like a woman. Yeah. And it's almost like our, our world has forgotten what that means.
1: Mm-hmm. True.
3: Yeah, so when we started this podcast, like we talked about earlier, we were on an authentic love retreat. And the three of us, uh, me, Brady, and Jared, were talking about how we as men can <coughs> fix this culture and show women that they that they have dignity, because a lot of times we see a woman and she doesn't recognize how, how beautiful she is, that she's a, she's a daughter of God, and she doesn't see that in herself. So how do you think men can help women see that in themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, back to what Jared said. I used to be one of those women, um, and I used to um, – I definitely played the tough girl, tomboy card very much because I was afraid of my own femininity and my, to be vulnerable. I wanted to be seemingly tough and strong and yeah. And pretty much masculine as much as I could. I remember I used to just like refuse to wear dresses and literally refuse to wear pink because I was like, I'm actually wearing pink right now. So shout out. <laughs> 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 I changed. But, um, yeah, I, cause I was like, that's a feminine color and I don't want to, I don't want to appear too feminine. Um, cause I'll be vulnerable. I'll be weak. Um, And frankly, that is a lie that our culture is teaching us right now, like kind of what Jared said. And it wasn't until I actually started dating my now fiance, um, Tyler, that I like started to know more what it is like to be feminine and started to love that part of myself. Like I wanted to be more feminine for him because it was it was attractive to him. And it wasn't just because I was doing it to like please him. It was out of my own. I felt more confident when I was with him because he made me feel beautiful Regardless of what I was wearing or how much makeup I was do- wearing or what I was doing like he just Told me repeatedly how beautiful I was and at first I did not want to believe it I was like mm-hmm, I don't believe you say <laughs> I don't believe you're saying that I think you're just trying to you know Be nice to me or whatever um, but After a while I was like and he kind of called me out for it too. He was like why don't you, like why do you always not believe me when I say this to you and I was like I was like well cuz I don't believe it myself And I think that's at the heart of every woman. I think we've all, not all of us, but I think most women have been pretty wounded in their self-worth these days. It's hard to be a woman, especially when social media is constantly bombarding you with a certain image. um, When you're comparing yourself to your best friend and she's comparing herself to you and you both wish you could be like each other. And you're like, well, we should just meet in the middle. (laughs) It's like every woman has had this conversation, I promise you.
2: But it always Sometimes it turns into jealousy. It's like, man, I really want to be like you, right. so I despise you. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah, or like my friend wishes she was as thin as me, and I wish I had more curves like her, and, you know, <laughs> it's the whole thing, right? Um, but like uh, we we constantly want to compare ourselves to others. Um, when I started dating Tyler, I was like, whoa, this guy loves me where I am right now. I don't need to change just like how the Lord loves us where I am right now. And I think you don't necessarily need to be in a relationship in order to feel loved and to, like, grow in your femininity. I think the Lord is the one that's trying to love us like this, most of all. Um, Because, no offense, guys, you're always – guys are always going to fail. Men are always going to fail. And that's okay because we're going to always fail them. That's exactly what – Adam and Eve, we got, like, a page into um, the Bible and we are already messed up. So (laughs) we're doing great. (laughs) Um, But – yeah, and that's okay, but, like, the Lord will never fail us. And I think – I, I remember a woman once asked me, like, how do you become an authentic woman? Like, what does that even mean? And I was like, an authentic woman is purely just growing more in your relationship with God because the Lord wants to show us who we are because he made us. He knows what we're meant to be. He knows what we're meant to look like. Um, and so I really encourage all women right now, if they're really struggling with their self-worth, to just – spend time with the Lord, reflect on his love, reflect on him in dying for you. Cause he went through incredible amount of suffering for you. Even if like no one else existed in this world, he would still do it for you. And so like, that is an incredible amount of love. Um, and he loves you. He doesn't care what you look like. And frankly, he thinks you're beautiful because he made you. And it's kind of insulting to say otherwise because you are insulting creation, which I need to remind myself that because every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, God, you could have fixed this. <laughs> and he's like, hey. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think remember that like, yes, they are our bodies, but they are not our bodies. Like they are still God's creation. So when you demoralize yourself, you are demoralizing God, you're insulting him. Um, so I think back to your question, James, I think, I think what men can do I think what men can do is to continue work on their own relationship with God, because frankly, you can't you can't pour into others, you can't show a woman's their her worth if you don't know your own worth. Um, and so I think the same thing with you guys really reflect on like the Lord's love for you and grow in your authentic masculinity. Ask God to show you what that means. And when you are an authentic masculine male, okay, that's a little redundant. If you are an authentic <laughs> male, like you will you will kind of you'll just like radiate off onto the people around you and that's exactly what I say about Tyler and all of my wonderful guy friends I'm like they just their confidence of who they are and their faith really just radiated off on me and I started growing more in my true femininity I remember one time it was at a Sikh conference and um they, I was in a group with a bunch of guys because that's usually where you can find me. <laughs> so weirdly enough, um, but um, and there was this guy that was kind of goofing off, and some guys were some guys in this group were kind of making fun of him, and I was like, guys, like come on, he's probably like really hurting on the inside. And then one of my good friends said, and that's authentic femininity, guys. <laughs> and so it was just it made me feel good because I was like, I just said that because it was just what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, just like I think by affirming each other by showing each other reminding each other what it is to be feminine to be masculine um to hold each other accountable um like girls let the guy open the door for him because it will help him and it'll help you um and guys like keep opening the door even if she like wants to beat you to the door like beat her there first <laughs> um and just like keep reminding that woman whoever it is that you maybe want to remind of their femininity, how much they are loved not just by you, but by God, most importantly, and keep pointing them to the Lord or to Mary. Maybe if you have a hard time relating to the Lord, Mary is very relatable for a lot of women. Um, and, yeah, I think I can't stress how important it is that if you want to you want to help someone grow in their authentic self and their authentic femininity or masculinity, you need to make sure it's in yourself first.
2: I think what you touched on is... Um, you know, how women often have to bring on that abrasive, tough kind of feature. And I think that that comes a lot from the fact that there isn't men, there aren't the same men who have gone and protected women to help them know who they are as daughters. Um, In our culture, there's just a lot of men failing to protect women in that way. And it, it causes our women to have to take on those masculine responsibilities in order to try to protect themselves. Um, And so I think that, you know, that's a failure on our culture's men. And, but I'd like to know more about, like, how you um, embraced that femininity, that, that true femininity and how you, like, for people who are listening and have that probably more, you know, tomboy-esque, um, no notion, Mm -hmm. like how do they embrace that about themselves Mm -hmm. and how do they learn to do that? Yeah. Like, how did you teach yourself?
1: Yeah. That's a great, really great question. I was reflecting on that the other day, actually. Um, I think it started by having more confidence in who I am. Um, not just who I wanted to be. I think when I realized that people will love me and want to love me and want to like know me or be friends with me because of who I am, not because of this image that I portray, um, I started to love myself more, frankly. Um, and that allowed me to kind of grow more of who I am. Um, and I started learning more, honestly. I just started learning more about what women's roles are, what like, what are, what's in our hearts, and what's in guys' hearts, um, and I started having really good conversations with a lot of my really good guy friends, and even girlfriends about this, about, like, what our roles are, um, and so I think just learning more about it helped me kind of start maybe playing the part, (laughs) for lack of a better word, you know, I started wearing dresses, which sounds, like, super lame, but, like, that's what I did, I started wearing dresses, I started wearing pink, and I was, like, you know, I don't need to be Ashamed of this, like this is not me looking weak. This is actually me embracing my femininity, and I think a lot of women aren't gonna like this. But I started dressing modestly, Um, like I stopped. I basically I gave away like all of my leggings because. Sorry, I don't want to offend anyone, (laughs) but I think kind of what Jared touched on earlier, that like we cover up, and Brady said this too, like we cover up what is most beautiful. Um, And our bodies are beautiful. Ask any men and they will tell you that (laughs) they are very attracted to your body. And like, that's beautiful. And I get and I understand the desire to want to show it off and to get that attention. But what you're attracting isn't um, affection or love, you're attracting lust when you do that and it's not I'm not trying to say that this is your fault I think sometimes we have a backwards modesty talk of like oh it's your fault that the men are attracted to you it is not your fault it is beautiful that they are and it is beautiful that you want them to be attracted to you and vice versa um but um Jared touched on this too that when you like like we had the holies of holies and only the holiest person was allowed in that holy of holies area like only one person was allowed to see that And that is such a beautiful thing, Um, and that's why, like, only your future husband, whoever he might be, um, should be allowed to see your full body. Um, And so every time you wear something that might be revealing that, you're kind of giving away a little bit of that. You're taking it away from your future husband, that gift that you're going to give to him. And I don't want to cast shame upon any woman, um, because we all make mistakes, we all sin, and that's okay, and we all... Do things we regret because Lord knows I've done many. And That's what's so beautiful about the sacrament of confession. So have mercy on yourself. That's okay. Um, but, yeah, it's not too late to start because I I went through a whole transformation. And once I started, like, once I started honoring my body and respecting it and seeing God's creation for what it was, and, frankly, hiding it, um, the more I grew in my authentic femininity, the more I wanted to grow in my authentic femininity. Um, and, yeah, and I think – The more, vice versa, what we were talking before, um, the more feminine you are, the more attractive you are going to be. And um, I've noticed this on campus, (laughs) of like just walking around. When I am wearing a dress, when I am wearing something more modest, I will get. I have gotten a lot more looks than I would if I was wearing something more revealing. That yes, guys might be looking at something about my features when I'm wearing something more revealing, but they're not looking at me. Um, they they don't care about that. In fact, there's a study done. Um, Jason Everett talks about this in one of his books. Um, there's a study done that they showed um, men different pictures of women, and they measured their brain levels and like their thoughts when they saw these pictures. So when they saw women in bikinis, they had these thoughts of like, okay, I want to use her, I want to grab, I want to grasp. I see this person as an object. Literally, the brainwaves registered this woman as an object. Versus, then they saw someone in more modest clothing and more. Um, yeah, less revealing, more beautiful clothing. They're like, I want to get to know her. Like, I see this person as a person. Like, she, they were literally thinking about, like, oh, what is she thinking about? What is she, what is she, how do I get to know her? Um, so there's literally different signals in a brain. And so I think, I would hope that every woman who hears this is like, I don't want to have a guy sees me as an object. I want him to see me for me because I know that's in all of our hearts. Um, and so I think that is that is honestly the best way you can start. Is even if you don't believe it yourself, if you don't feel like an authentic feminine, whoops, authentic female yourself, um, start acting the part. Start playing the part. Start dressing like it, and I promise you'll see a difference. And I think then that can slowly start building your confidence. And I've seen that in my own life. I've grown a lot more confident in what it is to be a woman. Until now, that I love talking about it. If anyone gets me started, as <laughs> you already can tell, I will rant to anyone who will listen about this. Um, because it's beautiful, it's freeing. I think any men or women who hear this, I think there's gotta be something to move in their hearts of like, whoa, that is truth. I actually, I actually talked about this story in Genesis um, and talked to them about their different roles of men and women in my small group. And they were just like, whoa. Like, they just had a peace that came over them because it, you're calling out the truth that's in our hearts. It's very freeing. It's freeing to realize that you don't have to be like a guy. Because you will never be like a guy. So it's a lot of stress to try to act that part because it's not natural. It's not the right order. So when you are truly who you are, it's very freeing. It's very um, confidence-boosting. And it's beautiful.
2: So uh, going along more with like the, the traditional feminine lines, uh, a lot of the time there is misconceptions, going back to what you were talking about earlier with uh, women staying home and and working at home and being the home maker, the the stay at home mother. speak more on the on like the dignity of that because mm-hmm. you mentioned how it was something that was like strong and powerful it, it, mm-hmm. and it it really is. It's a value to our society to have our mothers taking care of our children the way that they're supposed to be taken care of because you can trust um, your children with their mother. Yeah. She's Hopefully. the best one. You, I mean, <laughs> she's, the one that, she's the one that you can trust the most. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I think our common lie right now in our culture is that in order to be seen as a strong, independent woman, you need to have a 40 hour week job and you need to climb to be the CEO and you need to be the best in your job or else. And you need, in order to do that, you need to become like a guy. um, and I don't know if any woman is in that situation. I cannot be fun because that sounds horrible. I already struggle with my w- schoolwork as it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think, I actually, I shout out to my mom. She showed me this um, poster of, like, um, there's four different pictures. Um, one picture, there's a picture of a woman in scrubs and it says, like, makes $30 an hour. And then there's a picture of a woman dressed as a doctor and it's, like, makes I don't know $50 I'm making these prices up I don't actually know how much people make in these in these roles um and then there's like someone as a teacher and you make this much an hour and then below that there's a woman like holding a baby and it says priceless and I think I will always remember that because I think it just is so true to what it like what motherhood is like yes you can work a job and you can it can be very fulfilling I'm not saying jobs are bad at all because they can be very fulfilling and they can provide for your family and that's that is wonderful but like nothing will ever compare to motherhood. You are, you get to hold a baby inside of you for nine months. My dad always teases us as kids. Your mom ha- carried you for nine months without ever setting you down. You need to be nicer to her, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which is true though. Like you carry this baby inside you. It grows inside of you, and then you get to like bring that baby into the world. Um, not pain free, mind you. I'm sure And any mom can be like, yeah, I would never do that again. But but it's like worth it. Like, they would do it. That's why we have so many people in this world, because it's so worth it. Um, And, like, there's just such a beauty to motherhood. Like, I said earlier, like, women are just, we have a capacity to be, to love more, especially to be nurturing. Like, I think, I think anyone can see this. You know, you see a a girl with a baby versus a guy with a baby. There's gonna be, guys gonna be like, oh, okay, what do I do? And the girl's like, Mm -hmm. oh, baby, like, go to sleep, you know? (laughs) Like, there's just like we just have that innate capacity within us which is such a gift and to like to dismiss that gift again is to dismiss god and that beauty um and there's just so much there's so much virtue and so much um just like beauty within the wo- within motherhood of like um you get to sacrifice for your kids in a whole new way like you get to love your child so deeply so much more so than even the father will not not to dismiss you men or future fathers hopefully maybe um spiritual fathers or physical fathers that is <laughs> <laughs> um but I think there my mom will testify to this of just like how much she when she like first saw my oldest brother first my brother who made her a mom was just like wow I can't believe that I can love something so much and then she related that to God of, like, and God loves me so much more. Like, that. it's just such a beautiful thing to recognize that, that she can love this capacity, this this being so much with her heart. And she didn't even know him. Like, babies don't really have much personality. You know, they're just, they kind of sit there and cry <laughs> and they eat. Like, frankly, if we remove the fact that it's a cute baby, no one would want to k- take care of it. You know, it's like, it cries when it's hungry and it, like, you know, you have to change its diaper. It sounds kind of not fun, but, like, we all know that it's, like, so rewarding because it's just, like, so beautiful to see that child grow and that child that you created. Um, and so back to just, like, motherhood versus, like, the working world. Um, I think any um, human development major, that is not me, but I have taken some classes, will tell you how important it is that a child bonds with its mother, even more so than anyone else, um, that that motherly bond, maybe it's not biological mom, but still a mom that that bonding is so necessary. And then frankly, if that if a child doesn't get that bonding, like that leads to problems later in life. Like there are actual disorders that come out of um, not having enough bonding. And babies will die without this. Um, there's, there was a study done of like, they gave a, a baby like everything that they needed to survive, but they like wouldn't pick the baby up. And the babies were literally dying um, until like um, they would pick them up and hold them. Um, our priest just talked about this so I, again, I can take no credit for this. Um, but yeah, so it's just like it shows you how important that t- caretaking is. Um, so much more important than anything else, honestly. if you have a child at home and I don't I know mom guilt is already a thing, so I don't want to add on to anyone's mom guilt. I'm not saying you need to stay at home all the time with your kids, but if you are able to, like I really would strongly encourage every mom to do it because I promise, that it is it's going to be so much more fulfilling than your job ever will be cuz it's what our hearts are made for like when when you when you get married and you say yes to your husband in, in the vows you're also saying yes to like a potential family um and you're saying yes to everything that comes with that um so like you are making that promise to be there for your spouse first and foremost um and then to your family second um and then I hope to everyone then the job comes down the line later because that is your promise like that is what entails the sacrament of marriage um yet i unfortunately not every not every person can be able to have kids which is really sad but and that's not your fault by any means um but if like if you are able to have kids like that is that should be your, your second most part priori- well third most priority because god should be at the top um and so I was blessed that my mom was able to have a part-time job and stay at home with us kids and i would not trade it my dad has some videos of us kids just like dancing in the family room with my mom and it's just like and we're so close to my mom i think because of that because of that time we got to spend with them um versus like i'm so glad and my mom says this too she's so glad she never had to send us to daycare because she got that time with us kids when we're little too um, and so moral of the story is i think if every if a woman has the opportunity to stay at home, um, or even just to like be part-time, that's awesome. If you don't, there's no shame in it. It's okay. If you need to provide for your family, then that's the way you provide for your family, and that's okay. Um, but I think nothing will ever compare to the joy of motherhood. I haven't yet experienced it yet. I'm sure if, we are, if you guys are still doing this, I'll come back when I have a baby, hopefully, <laughs> um, and um, can attest to it. But, yeah, versus I think – um i know i had a conversation with guys who were like i want to be a stay-at-home dad like that sounds awesome (laughs) and that's beautiful like i love that desire shout out to every guy that wants to be a stay-at-home dad but i do think that your hearts are made different and um yeah i just don't think that would be as fulfilling for you because kind of we talk about adam and eve like your your job is to provide and to protect and I think, I honestly think you would go a little stir crazy if you had to stand with the kids while your wife was at work. Like, I think, I think that would like slowly kill you on the inside. And I don't mean that as a <laughs> negative thing to women or men. I'm just saying that that is, that is not what your heart is made for. And that's okay. We're, like I said, I think to acknowledge femininity and masculinity, you have to admit that they are different. And that is a beautiful thing because thank God we're not the same because we would get in a lot more arguments if we were all the same <laughs> <laughs> okay. or maybe less, but probably not. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that's neat how you mentioned that cuz I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was talking about how um the the host of this episode was just talking about how he his when he became a father, he felt all this ambition to go make something more for himself because he all of a sudden had this obligation to to provide. And so, he took that obligation and said, "I'm going to make the most of this." Um and he's he's done a lot. His, his show has grown. He's built a very large following and he's done this all to serve his wife. So I think that that's speaking on complementary complementarianism. you know, women do great and their best when they are, they're raising children Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, that's where they're happiest. Mm -hmm. And then to provide for that mother who's raising children the man goes and builds a, scra- a skyscraper, you know, yeah. like men will go do the craziest things for women. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it goes back to that sur- giving and receiving. When the woman receives that, it's like, it makes you want to go do it more. It's just mm-hmm. like when you're at work and someone says, hey, you're doing a really good job. You just want to do better. You want to just like, oh, I'm going to do that more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the same thing, but on a much grander scale. Yeah, I really, I really like how you keep
3: saying how freeing it is to really embrace your femininity. Because, I mean, it's just so obvious how free and how joyful you are in everything that you're talking about. And I've just seen in my own mother, when she is, when she's turning our house into a home, that's when she is like the most joyful and the most, the most free. And I live with my, oh, I grew up with my brother and my dad and my mom. So she was the only woman in the (laughs) house. And it was just like the three of us would sometimes just watch and be like, she's so different than us.
2: <laughs> 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 what <But> is this? <laughs> yeah.
3: We're like, but that's so cool. And and yeah, it's just, it's such a gift that God made us different. Mm-hmm. And it's it's beautiful when we recognize that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, you've shown that so far on the
2: podcast and how how joyful you are to talk about this. Well, I think that there's just so much more potential when we play to our strengths as opposed to trying to be something that we're not
1: well said Mm -hmm. for sure
0: i think you touched a little bit at the end about um conflict i want to talk we didn't we did uh on the masculinity episode we talked about how men handle conflict and confrontation (laughs) and uniquely to men rather than women there's a always a Undertone of violence. <laughs> uh, there's always like a threat um, that okay, if push comes to shove, like we there, there will be some sort of fight or confrontation, and one of one of us will come out on top, and that'll be the end of it. Does that happen too often? No, but there's always in the back. There's the there's that that tension. I don't see that in women. I don't I don't I don't see that background tension. Uh, so how, how do um, women different than men handle conflict or confrontation?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> this question makes me giggle because I don't know if I'm the right person <laughs> to, answer, <laughs> to answer this. Like I said, I, I was more of a tomboy, but that hasn't completely left me. I think my dad always raised me to be tough, we would play soccer, and I probably broke my thumb. And he like, you're fine. Get on out there. Um, so yeah, that, that is always in, inside of me. Not to say that women aren't tough at all, because we all very are. Um, I think, I think women, we though I think on average though I think women tend to take everything inside of themselves. Um, we need to just like process um, before we um, act. I think. Not always, which is why we say stupid things. <laughs> At least I do. Can't say all women do. Um, but I do know that um, women, we kind of, we, we turn in. We kind of fold in a little bit on ourselves um, when, when it comes to conflict. Um, we aren't quite so external, like, I need to beat you up. Although, frankly, sometimes I am like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think women, we're just more emotional. To be blunt and it's not because we're weaker but it's because our hormones are constantly changing month by month <laughs> if every guy any guy who has had a girlfriend knows what this is like um and yeah we're we're just a little bit we're a little bit unstable emotionally and that's okay in fact on average women are higher in neuroticism which just means you're a little bit you're a little bit more of a worry wart <laughs> you think deeply you have a little bit more prone to negative feelings a lot of that is just because hormon- hom- hormonally We just um, that kind of adds a little bit more. So I think a woman is maybe a little bit more programmed to just be very emotional and um, whether that translates to like yelling or crying, which is very common. or just shutting down. I know a lot of women when conflict, they just need to just shut down and get away. I, in fact, me, like, if Tyler and I are fighting, I, like, need to get away. I, like need to walk away. I need to calm down, like, because I just, like, need a process. Versus he just, like, wants to keep talking. He actually gets very upset when I walk away because he just wants to, like, keep hashing this out. And I'm like, I know I need time. Um, and so I think, yeah, we, we, women have a tendency to just, um, actually, I was talking to a friend of mine about this, that men can compartmentalize. A lot easier than women are. You know, they might be stressed in work, but then when they're with their friends, they're fine. Women, when we're stressed in work, we're stressed everywhere else. You know, it just translates to everything else. We could be like completely fine with like our friends are like going, we have great friends, we're having a great time, but all of a sudden we start crying because we were really upset about something earlier in the day. <laughs> that's just who <laughs> we are, and that's okay. It is, it's beautiful that we are made differently. Um, it's thankfully the guys can compartmentalize or they would have a lot of problems dealing with our emotional <laughs> n- unstableness. Um, but yeah, so I think, um, at least for me, I know, my tendency is to get, um, get very upset. Not maybe, I'm not going to like punch somebody, but I am going to just like cry or yell. Um, and um, yeah, or just like, or, yeah, like I said, just have that need to retreat. Um, but I, I think when it comes to something like confrontation, I think, um, or conflict, I think everybody is different. Um, I think, yes, there are more tendencies for men versus women. But I think, in at least in Tyler and I's relationship, he's definitely more of the, like, not-going-to-be-violent person, and I'm the one that's, like, I'm screaming in your face right now. Um, so I think it, it can depend on... Um, the person but did that answer your question Brady mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think every man you need to learn how to help a woman when they're crying because women are gonna cry and that's okay maybe you're a woman that doesn't cry but you're probably holding it in and you just need a good cry hon it's okay <laughs> get some ice cream cry it out with you one of your best friends it's okay I like crying is a beautiful thing in fact it is a gift of the Holy Spirit to cry um not I mean not necessarily all the time. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit, but I think maybe we have a negative association that crying equals weak. In fact, I hated crying in front of everyone for like a long time because it like we see it as oh she's so weak or he's so weak because he's crying. Um, but like it's actually like a beautiful gift that God gave us to be able to release emotion non-violently. So maybe guys, if you feel like <laughs> punching someone, just like sit in a corner, listen to sad boy music, and just get a good cry. You'll be fine. <laughs> At least that's what we I'll take women notes. do. So. <laughs> Um, But yeah, like that's why that is why we're moved to tears when we see something so um, overwhelming because it's literally your body's way of kind of like dealing with that emotion very wholly. At least that's what I think that might not be scientifically true, but that seems like that might be the case. So cry. It's good. Watch a sad movie, whatever you need. Just cry it out.
3: (laughs) So when men see a woman crying, they want to do something to make you stop crying. Like we want to help you immediately to make everything better. Mm-hmm. Can we build a
2: skyscraper for you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's, go dig, Let's, Let's go, go, go dig a hole. Let's go dig a hole. What is that going to accomplish? <laughs> <laughs> They'll
1: appreciate the thought, but they <laughs> they would probably be really upset if you left and just built a skyscraper while they are crying. <laughs> so little pro tip, guys. If a woman is crying, don't say anything. Just be, put your arm around her shoulder. Or if you don't have that kind of relationship, just, just be there. Just be like, hey... Are you okay and then they're just gonna tell your whole life their whole life story and why they're crying probably not necessarily all the time and then just listen and i think every woman will complain that a man always wants to solve their problems um i am a problem solver so this is like this is vice versa in my relationship i always want to solve tyler's problems and he just wants me (laughs) to listen um but um yeah but really just listen don't offer a solution unless they like specifically ask so <laughs> back Tyler and I've developed like okay is this a time where you want me to like offer solution is this where you <laughs> want me to just shut up and that's okay be honest just be honest um and yeah and then just listen because oftentimes they just want you to be telling them that yeah that does really suck and then also don't don't dismiss their problems and be like oh but look on the bright side because even though you want to because I've been there I'm always like but look on the bright side look at all these things it's like it only makes it worse because then they feel like you don't care So just be like, yeah, that does really suck. But I think most importantly in that situation, point them to Jesus, Um, especially pointing to Jesus' suffering, because I know that that always provides me comfort and a reminder of like, oh yeah, I'm not alone in this. Um, And even just being there, even if you don't say anything, just showing them that they are not alone and that you want to be with them is... Or just give them a hug until they stop crying. That's usually what Tyler does for me. It's just like, eventually, once you hug long enough, like, the tears will be done, and then you can talk like a normal person. And not like, I just, I just. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Did that help you, James? Do you That's not it. know that, what that, to do? Yes, that helped me quite a bit. <laughs> yeah.
2: Taking notes over here. Good, <laughs> right, right. right th- yeah. No, I'm no,
1: yeah. I am no, I'm no expert. Like I said, I tend to be a little bit more of a tomboy. But... <laughs> I'm I gonna start
2: time stamping this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I mean like for all these little things. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's gold. <laughs>
1: Fair. I think kind uh, of what we maybe skipped over a little bit of just like maybe what misconceptions of womanhood are right now in um, our modern culture. I know we touched on it a little bit, um, but I do want to speak into that because I know a lot of women struggle with that um, of just like. We have this tendency to want to put ourselves out there, and it is a very godly tendency. We want to be received, so we put ourselves out there in order to be received. Um, But unfortunately, when we put ourselves out there too much, then you're only going to be received by someone who isn't going to take care of you, who isn't going to be that rib to your heart. Um, And so I think a common misconception is – Either, I think we fall into two things in our culture today. Either we have to be tough like men, we have to act like a man um, and be the CEO of the company and be super tough. We can't cry, we can't show weakness, um, we can't show emotions because if we are too emotional, then they're gonna be like, oh, look at this woman, she's emotional, she must be on our period, you know? Um, Or we go on the other side of like, okay, let's be very sexy because that's what men want and let's just put our bodies out there and let's. Yeah, fall into this. Cult, what culture is telling us is beautiful, which is just basically not wearing any clothing, which is beautiful, but not the way that it is like shown in our world. You know, we're very erotic, we're very sensual and provocative, versus like like beauty and like in in the gospel or in the gospel in Genesis, like they say that that they were both naked, but yet they were not ashamed. Like that was what natural order was supposed to be, but because of our sin, we had to clothe um and so like and that's okay i think it's g- nowadays we like we talked about earlier like how important modesty is um not just for yourself but for everyone around you um especially the guys because guys are very attracted to women <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing but um i think we need to maybe stop looking at ourselves and stop being selfish and protect our fellow brothers Um, and I think that's something I always want to tell women of like, okay, you might be wanting to attract the attention of men, but really you are, you're hurting your fellow brothers in Christ when you are maybe not, um, honoring them and having them honor you in that way. Um, because yeah, I think, I think most, uh, this can go get into another topic about how our world is over-sexualized. Um, but yeah, I think we just have, a, the world is screaming at us that in order to be a woman, you need to be revealing or you need to be a man. Um, and somewhere in the middle of those two is what true femininity is and what true beauty is. And, um, but the devil doesn't want you to find that because it is good and it is natural and it is our natural order to things. And so Satan wants to do anything he can to divide men and women, to get confuse them what their roles are. Um, And that was that is exactly what the consequence of sin was, was that confusion of what men and women roles are. Um, So I just strongly encourage everyone, every woman to one, put social media down because social media and honestly, men, too, just put social media down. Like, I know I know you want to stay in touch with your friends and all that jazz, but I promise you that like Instagram and Snapchat and all of that is hurting you more than it's helping Um, because it's just allowing you to compare yourself to women, or it's allowing you to just see this poor example of what femininity is, Um, and you feel feel the need to be like that. You feel the need to wear less clothing in order to be loved, when in reality, I promise you, you feel way more loved when you are fully clothed, and then when you are not clothed with the person who's going to love you the rest of their life. Um, so that is my one practical. Just get rid of it. I promise you, it is the most freeing thing you've ever done. My, I was blessed that my parents were very loving parents and did not allow me to have social media until I went to college anyway. Um, and so by that time, I was like, well, this is stupid. I'm not wasting time on this. But I did notice that the brief time that I had it, how much more anxious I was and how, how much more prone to sin I was, honestly, to put it bluntly. Like, I spent time with the wrong people. I went to parties. I went to frat parties. I wanted to get the attention of not good guys um, because I was around this people. I was exposed to this constantly. It was screaming at me. Um, but when I got rid of Snapchat and I was like, I'm done with this. It was just like the most freeing thing. I was like, I don't like. I don't need a post of what I'm doing right now, or I don't need to worry about what other people are doing, and I don't need to compare myself to this person who is probably wearing probably has this filter on her and doesn't actually look like that in real life. <laughs> so um, I that is my strong. Um, Recommendation to any woman listening. Um, and also, it just allows you to be more present to the people around you to grow more in those relationships. Um, yeah. And two, I really strongly encourage women to just grow in modesty. It is a virtue, it literally is a virtue. Um, and so, yeah, it might not be easy, um, but it is one of the most rewarding things that I found. I remember being like, oh, but leggings are so comfortable. Like, why can't I wear them? But, like, putting, like, not wearing them anymore and, like, Wearing dresses more often and more skirts just makes me, like, truly makes me feel better. And also it's just, like, it is very empowering, honestly, of, like, ha, like, no one else gets to see this. It's all mine because God gave it to me, you know. Um, that's beautiful. Um, and men are attracted to that. Men are attracted to mystery. That's why we play the the chase game because we want <laughs> <laughs> – men, you guys are attracted to mystery. So play into that. That's okay. Um, and, yeah, and I, I – think you guys maybe could speak into that of what you are attracted to when women
2: i i really like how you talk about modesty not in a way is like shaming women for <clears throat> like what they wear but it's it's truly empowering to be able to dress modestly mm-hmm. because a woman uh, men will fight and and battle and bicker to get to the top of the like to get power, riches and everything. And a woman can bring him to his knees. <coughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. W- without without like shedding like a single drop of blood. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's one of the most powerful things you can tell women is yeah, if you're wearing those things, it's going to attract everyone's eyes. But you're they're not going to look at your heart they're looking at your features exactly right. and like if you wear those those good um, if you wear something modest you're showing that you know who you are and you love who you are and that no one else gets to see that mm-hmm. and that men can see that and you're right like pe- men will see a woman dressing modestly and see that as someone who like has self-respect and you know the the crumb bums will say oh I don't want to mess with I don't want to have to like work hard for that but I always liked listening to this story with Jason Everett about how there was a guy who was known for having multiple partners um, sleeping around throughout high school and he came to this Catholic girl who was practicing chastity and modesty um, and she's like, heck no, you're not going to date me. Or, no, like, <laughs> they, they started dating. And then she's like, heck no, you're not going to, we're not going to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to do that until I have a ring on my hand. And, well, like, it called him to be chased for, I can't remember, I think it was, like, four years that they dated. And it brought him to her father to say, like, I wish to give up my life for your daughter Wow. And and it was, it's like, yeah, that's the power that a woman has. Mm-hmm. And if we had, if you, if we had this message playing nonstop to, to just show women what they have and who they are, they'll find so much more joy in it mm-hmm. because they're not constantly trying to have to, to one up and compete with each other, you know, online or compete mm-hmm. with the pornography that men see all the time. And like, they know who they are and then the men have to go find out Mm -hmm. and then yeah like men going back to if you're dressing immodestly men right now don't have especially in our culture which is way overly sexualized men do not have the eyes to properly understand and appreciate a woman's beauty you know the woman is the most beautiful creation, but when you're showing everything, all the man, our, our world has taught us is that, that's something to be used, that's, and so it, when a woman dresses modestly, it shows a man that there's something deeper to her beauty, and like the outside is very surface level, And you see how beautiful that is. Like there's way more to know about women. And especially when they know who, like their feminine identity, there's a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so true. That is beautiful, Jared. (coughs) Actually, the best modesty advice I ever got was at um, a conference. And I think it was Sister Bethany Joy that said, you should dress like you deserve to be treated. You should, the way you dress should show a man how you deserve to be treated i was like damn right you know like (laughs) pop off girl you know but like so true though like the way you dress should show how you want to be treated and so if you are revealing yourself if you're being very productive provocative and how you're dressing then man's like okay then i can use that i can be provocative with you um but if you're dressing very modestly and like that intent to just to honor your beauty then that man is going to honor that beauty in return or at least You better demand that of that that person, and yeah, Jared, that is like so. It's so empowering as a woman. Like that is true empowerment. We have so many misconceptions of what empowering women is. Like, don't get me started on that. I will rant about empowering Mm -hmm. women all day. But like that is truly empowering to a woman, um, to be treated well and to be treated with respect, and to be loved, in that way. So that's beautiful.
3: Yeah, and from a man's perspective, it's incredibly attractive when you see a woman that actually knows her identity isn't just in how much she can, how much of her body she can show off. Like there's no, you talked about the game and the mystery of, of women and that we've definitely lost that. Like it doesn't, it's too easy for a man to sleep with a woman now. Mm -hmm. So everything is just so cheap. And that mystery, that game is, I mean, that's, that's beautiful is when a man has to pursue a woman when a man has to prove that he's worthy of her, that that gives a man meaning and that's something that I think a lot of men don't have because they don't they can find meaning in like trying to sleep with a girl, but that's that only goes so far. Like you can only do that a certain number of times to realize, okay, this is kinda of boring actually. There's no there's no mystery to this, there's no there's no game back and forth. And one of the things that's most attractive in a a woman is, I think, humility. I think I was talking about this with, um, we were in a a Bible study, and we were talking about how one of the most ugly traits is arrogance in, in anybody, men, women, anybody. But one of the most attractive traits in anybody is humility. And that doesn't mean just being walked over all the time. But you can be humble and still be somebody to contend with, still actually have that game that back and forth between men and women and that's what men find attractive that's what women find attractive and it's not it's not bad to admit that either
0: yeah like no man is is satisfied by climbing to the top of the mountain as soon as he gets there he's like okay what's the next highest mountain mm-hmm. like it's the it's the pursuit of what is valuable that gives meaning i think another thing that is attractive in women is the putting themselves in an opportunity for men to become greater so when they are in living in that humility and they ask for help or maybe if they don't even need it (laughs) Uh, but if they ask for help or if they offer an opportunity for a man to serve them it just fills at least i mean i'm sure every man is filled with like such passion and desire to fulfill that need um you know like that could last me for like a week you know it's like that much <laughs> positive emotion and meaning can come from that and that is very powerful um, maybe that's maybe that's tempting maybe um, some women choose to abuse that power um, but I think what's more uh, more common is that women don't uh, believe that they have that power or they're not worth exercising that power um, but I think good men would encourage women to grow in that humility and ask for more help and, and create a culture of, of yeah being honest with their needs and, and and asking for help. All right, Christy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this back on you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what do women find attractive in men? For all of our <laughs> male listeners out there, I'm sure they're pulling out their <laughs> notebooks right now. No, James <laughs> just need some help. This has nothing to do with you guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> just kidding
1: um that's a wonderful question um confidence is very attractive um kind of go, goes back to what we've been talking about this whole time of like if you know who you are and you know the way you deserve to be treated um that's very attractive um i think also what's very attractive is um caretaking i think When you see, if a guy is holding a baby, it's, like, done deal. You're like, okay, (laughs) we're getting married tomorrow. Like, (laughs) um, like, just, like, that that level of nurturing that men are capable of. It's not like women have the whole market on nurturing. Men are obviously able to have that, too. Um, And I think that is very attractive to all women. I think every woman I've talked to is like, yeah, that's really attractive. Or, like, seeing a guy – Talk to his sister and like take care of his sister is super attractive. Or like treat his mother well. Um, also super attractive. So be nice to your mom. Not too much. Don't be a mama's boy. <laughs> but remember that men and women have to their men has to leave his wife and cling or leave his not leave his wife. Please <laughs> 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 <Hold on, sorry. laughs> talking too fast. Leave his mom and dad and cling cleave to his wife. Um, but yeah, I think that is very attractive. Um also I think something that I've personally, if I'm really attractive, I think a lot of people do, is, like, a guy who is, like, not afraid to, like, stand up for what he believes in and also not afraid to, like, go out of his way to help someone. Um, I remember one time I was grocery shopping with Tyler, and some someone dropped something, I think, and, like, Tyler went running over to, like, pick it up. And some woman was walking by. There was old lady was, like, walking by. She's like, you got a good one there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. So... <laughs> So, like, I think that is just, like, very attractive. Um, And like what you said, James, I think humility is very attractive. Um, I think, like, um, there's a difference between, like you said, too, like, um, being walked all over is not humility. That's just, like, a lack of confidence, which is not attractive. But, yeah, that humility, um, to honestly point to the Lord, because that is what humility is. It's recognizing that I am nothing without the Lord and he made me everything that. Uh, he made me the way I am so he made me everything that is good um and I really struggle with humility um but that is why I think it is so attractive when someone because it's really hard it's hard to be humble um especially in our world that makes everything about us right um but yeah I think that is very attractive um and just do little things like, I think just, like, if a woman is crying, like, be there for her. If she's hungry, go buy her food. She's had a bad day, let her rant about it to you. Just, like, those little things are going to be, like, very attractive. Even if, the, this woman may not find you physically attractive, if you are just there to just, like, do these things for her and you're there for her, like, I promise you, like, she'll start falling in love with you. I can't promise you that. That's a little <laughs> bit. That's a little much. But I can tell you that that is – very very attractive to a woman because we want to be cared for it's it is what fulfilling our hearts so much more than like any traits or how funny you are or anything like that will ever do because it's what our hearts are made for um and so be chivalrous my biggest complaint about living this generation i was i was talking my dad about this how i want to go back to the 50s because men <laughs> and, and we're chivalrous chivalry is not dead and it shouldn't die start that fire again boys like <laughs> Women didn't even have to take off their own coats. Like, come on. Like, what? I have to put my own coat on, guys. <laughs> I, I want to go back to a time where someone put a coat on me, okay? <laughs> no, but Tyler, actually, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, no, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Let's but, go get him upstairs.
2: <laughs>
1: right. Um, but really, though, I think, yeah, like, chivalry is not dead. And so be chivalrous. Take care of that woman. Even if you don't want to date her, even if she's just, like, someone on the street and she drops her wallet or she's fumbling around. I don't know. Whatever she needs, just be there for her because, like, I think women need to know that they are loved, and I think I think that can start with anyone. I mean, it can start with me, too. I can help other women, but I can't do the same thing that a guy can do. Um, like I can tell you that, like if I were to hold a door open for a woman, they're going to be like, okay, whatever. But if a guy holds a door open for them, like, ah, you know, <laughs> it's just different. Um, and so, yeah, I think we can, we can make a change to this generation just by like, seriously, just, just seeing someone and being there for them, um, in their need, whatever it might be. Um, maybe you see someone walking to class and they trip being there to help them up or they drop something um like those little things like i promise you they're gonna go home tell their roommate be like this guy like helped me with this like oh my gosh they're like he was super cute too like we need to go find him i swear this happens i was one of those women <laughs> so yeah i think that is that is immeasurable to any other trait that is attractive that that is like the most attractive so be chivalrous, bring it back please
2: <laughs> so let's say <clears throat> For men who are out there, who are listening and mm-hmm. um, they're hearing this, and they're in a relationship where their girlfriends don't realize this about themselves. Maybe they dress immodestly. Um, maybe they they take on that toughness and they don't embrace that femininity, or they just they <clears throat> you know they feel like they need to be. <coughs> excuse me. They feel like they need to be. Um, more masculine, or take on those more masculine roles mm-hmm. in order to um be empowered. Mm-hmm. what would you tell a man who's maybe in that that complex situation to be able to like show that beauty to his his girlfriend mm-hmm. in a charitable way?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question um I think starts by. Showing her that you want to and that you mean everything you say. Um, I think women have a strong distrust of compliments because we've been hurt. Um, And so, like, maybe when, at least for me, when someone says, like, oh, you're beautiful, I'm like, yeah, right, sure. Um, So, like, showing her you really mean that. And um, our priest once said to me that, like, our world overuses love, but they don't actually ever show it. Um, So, like, don't just say I love you or don't just say you're beautiful. Like, show her that she's beautiful. Um, and that can start by just, like, treating her like a woman, you know, making sure you hold the door open for her, making sure you do all those little things, um, make sure you be a gentleman to her, um, don't burp in front of her, Tyler, if you're listening. <laughs> 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 we just had this conversation, he's actually working on it, it's good. <laughs> but, yeah, just, like, treat her like, actually, my roommate once said to this, like, treat her like you would want your daughter to be treated by her sp- future spouse, um, because, yeah, because a woman... Yeah, because I think sometimes when we, especially when we're in a relationship for a while, we kind of get a little comfortable. We kind of forget that. We're like, okay, we're comfortable around each other. We don't need to, like, we don't need to be a gentleman anymore. That was, like, the beginning stages of a relationship. But, like, don't stop. Because, like, that is how a woman feels like a woman when you are being, like, a man to her. But more important than anything you can do, I think, is prayer. Because... Um, like we can't do anything without the Lord. Like we cannot be authentic females without the Lord. We cannot be authentic men without the Lord. And we can certainly not help someone else without the Lord. Um, like that is why Mary is the epitome of beauty because she was so close to the Lord. Like that is truly what makes her beauty. She could be like physically so ugly. Like seriously, she, her face could be super unsymmetrical, which is actually apparently what's physically beauty, you know, and, but she would still be beautiful Um, every picture of Mary, no matter what she looks like, because every picture is different, she is still beautiful. She's stunning. Um, And so, yeah, stay close to the Lord. Same with St. Joseph. Like, the epitome of a man is just serving the Lord and being close to him, spending time with him, um, and praying. Like, prayer is so important. Like, I think we forget that. I think we always want to do something. I know I do. I always want to, like, fix something and go out and do it or think I can, like, figure out my own solution. But, like, pray pray for her. Pray that she finds that authentic femininity. And, yeah, and I think also, like, I think who she hangs out with can have a big impact on that. Not that I'm saying that you need to tell her that she stopped being friends with who she's friends with, but I know that that can kind of feed into if, you, if she's surrounded by women who are also doing this, also also not living out their authentic femininity. And that's, like, that's how she sees femininity. Or maybe it could be, like, um, an example of a parent, too, Um that can be hard, too, because this is, this is what you grew up seeing as womanhood. This is your mom, and she's maybe not – she's not living her life as an authentic female. And that's okay because we all struggle with it. Lord knows I struggle with it every day. But, yeah, I think um, just, like, calling to mind that and praying for those people, too, especially praying for those people. Um, maybe they have a friend who they're really close with and maybe she's going to frat parties. Maybe she's not living her way, the life that she should. And it's, it would be great if your, your girlfriend's not doing that. But like that example is still there. Um, so pray specifically for that person. And yeah, just continue to show her what her worth is and um, everything you do. Um, one, of the, one of the key things about love is love is not dependent on what the other person does love is truly a giving of yourself regardless of how that person treats you um, and so even if maybe your spouse or girlfriend or fiance or whatever isn't quite living up to the way you would like her to she's not quite being that authentic female um, like your role is still to love her to provide for her to be that authentic male and I promise you that will wear off it might take time it took me a long time Um, I wasn't, I didn't go from being a tomboy to wearing dresses in a day, (laughs) took years. Um, and that's okay because sometimes those things are caused by pretty deep wounds that only the Lord can heal. And that's why staying close to the Lord and praying fasting is also super powerful. Um, so fast for that person. Um, and yeah, just pray that they find healing. But I also promise you that if you are, if you are living your life as the authentic masculine male Again, repetitive, but it sounds cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, then, yeah, that will 100% wear off because it has to. Because that's how that is how we're, our hearts are made. Um, that's how Adam and Eve were. You know, they they were together as good and with the Lord, and they also fell together. Like I think something we didn't get into, and that's okay. But um, like I think sometimes we we see Eve, and we see it's all Eve's fault that she failed because she ate the fruit, and she listened to the sa- Satan, and then she convinced Adam to do that. But really, like, it was Adam's job to protect the garden. Like, God literally said, like, your job is to protect the garden and subdue it. And so the fact that e- or that Satan was even talking to Eve was honestly all his fault. Not to blame, not saying that the whole <laughs> sin was on him, because like I said, we Eve, Eve did her part, clearly. You know, she listened to him, and she, she knew it was wrong. It's not like she wasn't. She didn't know. Um, so, like, they both equally failed each other which is kind of beautiful in a way because we're all going to equally fail each other. And that's okay because what matters is that Adam and Eve were together, together, they fell together and they got back up together. And that's, what's most important. So, yeah.
0: I think we just solved women, right? (laughs) (laughs) My notebook is full, so we have to end the episode. (laughs) Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining us. We truly enjoyed, uh, Mainly you talking. I don't know what yeah. call it, much of a conversation, okay. but.
2: <laughs> it just shows oh, that women was. make everything more beautiful. That was probably right, our best podcast. Right. Yeah. We this just peaked right so here. This is, should be our last episode.
0: <laughs> no, but thank you sincerely for coming on. Uh, we appreciate your insight and your example as an authentic woman yourself. Uh, for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. Uh, like, subscribe. Give us a follow. Send us your questions if you want to talk more about masculinity, femininity, complementarianism, or related topics. Send in your questions, please, and have a blessed day. And most importantly,
2: we love your prayers and especially pray for Christine Tyler.